Hi, everyone, and welcome to High Tea Hoops. I'm Skylar Smith, and you can catch me on the Bird app at the Duchess of Hoops. Hey, everyone, I'm Brian Boucher, and you can catch me across all social media, including Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, Skylar, at the Duke of Hoops. I'm working on it. We are so excited for our first series, the Casual UK Fan Guide to NBA Teams. In this series, we're going to be running through the 22 NBA teams competing in Orlando to help you decide who to root for in the bubble. We'll keep the statistics and game analysis a little bit light while focusing more on the stuff that makes fans fans, whether the team is winning or not. I unfortunately didn't have a ton of choice in my fanship. I grew up in a Pistons household in Michigan. But Brian, you moved around a lot growing up. You lived in L.A. You could have been a Lakers fan. You you lived in Indiana. You could have been a Pacers fan. But you committed to the Nuggets when you were living in Denver and you stuck with them. When you were a kid, what about the Nuggets made you think this is going to be my team forever? Well, the reason I'm such a big NBA fan is because I have lived across the states in a lot of different cities. So I've got to see a lot of different teams play. But I moved to Denver when I was seven, a little bit of a nerdy kid. And I wore these kind of like really long white tube socks that were not cool. And there was a player on the Nuggets, Bobby Jackson, Action Jackson, who wore these really long white tube socks as well when he played. And he made me feel a lot cooler. Uh, And that sealed the deal, made me a lifelong Denver Nuggets fan. Yes, that's the stuff we want. Being a fan of a team is about so much more than championships and rings, and that's what we're hoping to fill in here. We'll be touching on team personalities, beefs, nicknames, Premier League team equivalents, and more. We'll be starting from the bottom of the rankings, so bear with us with the Washington Wizards and making our way up to the Bucks at number one. You can check back every day, though, for a new episode. Let's spill the tea. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to High Tea Hoops. This is Brian Boucher. And as always, I am joined by Skylar Smith. Skylar, what's up? Nothing much, Brian. So excited to talk about the Pelicans. Oh, yeah, me too. So this is, uh, I don't know which one this is, the fifth casual UK fan guide to NBA teams. But today, we are starting to work our way towards teams that can actually make the playoffs, Skylar. Very exciting. And finally. We are going, finally. And we are going over the New Orleans Pelicans, who have the lowest revenue in the league. They formed only a few years ago, so not a ton of fans, but are super exciting because they drafted our guy, Zion Williamson. Our thick king. Sorry, Kyle Lowry, you've been demoted. (laughs) Zion is now our thick king. It's so sad, but it's fair. So let's go into the team history a little bit because it is incredibly confusing. So I'm going to try to nail this. Uh, Bear with us as we get through this. But the Pelicans actually started out as the Charlotte Hornets. So George Shin was the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. He wanted to move the team, so he moved them to New Orleans in the 2002 to 2003 season. So in 2002, they became the New Orleans Hornets. As a part of that deal, they lost all the rights to the Charlotte Hornets history, records, everything, and turned it over to the Charlotte Bobcats, who started a couple years later. So... The Hornets, New Orleans Hornets, became the New Orleans Hornets, while the Charlotte Hornets became the Charlotte Bobcats. Are you following still, Skylar? Yes, I'm with you. Okay, so we have the Charlotte Bobcats, who own all of the Charlotte Hornets' history, uh, and the New Orleans Hornets, who don't own that history, but are still operating as the Hornets which is confusing, and it was confusing for everyone. So in 2013, the (laughs) New Orleans Hornets rebranded and renamed itself as the Pelicans, which was also very much criticized because kind of a weak name. It's the Pelicans. It's the Pelicans. You know, a lot of good New Orleans history, but they chose the Pelicans. 
So we had the New Orleans Pelicans and then the Charlotte Bobcats renamed themselves to the Charlotte Hornets after that. So we kind of did a reset there. We had about 10 years where things were weird, but ended up on the other side as the New Orleans Pelicans and the Charlotte Hornets, all is right in the universe. I think I understood all of that. Okay, great. We can just move. Let's just move forward from that. We're going to refer to the Pelicans now. They're the Pelicans. I'm going to refer to their whole history as the Pelicans, the Hornets are the Hornets, even though the Chris Paul era, which we'll go over in a second, they were technically the Hornets, but I'm just going to refer to it as the Pelicans just so everyone can follow along. Um, So Skylar, what were your first impressions or what were your impressions growing up around the Pelicans? Even though they're the Um, Hornets. Yeah, so they were the Hornets when I was growing up. I honestly didn't think about them a ton, honestly, just because it's not, they're not like a storied, like, basketball franchise. There were just, like, other teams I was thinking about more. Um, I remember, like, being excited about them with the whole Anthony Davis drafting. Yep. Um, I distinctly remember them, like, going to OKC during Katrina because they weren't able to even play in New Orleans. It was really sad. Yep. Um. Yeah, I they I didn't think about them a ton, but they were always kind of there, and there was always kind of like little weird things happening, like their history. Yes, because they don't really have a history. You know, Pelicans yeah. were renamed less than ten years ago, um, and you know, me growing up with them, it was the Hornets for sure. Uh, in yep. the eighteen years since they relocated to New Orleans, they've been a very average team. You know, I think they're mm-hmm. just under five hundred, um, or you know, a little bit under five hundred. Um, they've gone to the playoffs seven times, so they, they have been able to make it to the playoffs, unlike some of the other teams we've covered. They've won two playoff series. They have a division title. So they're not, you know, they're not a, a pushover team, even though they're newer and their branding is a little bit newer and they're not a storied franchise. But they are uh, a pretty average team <laughs> over the years. They've had some yeah. exciting eras with the Chris Paul era, the Anthony Davis era. And one of the things I wanted to note before we kind of dive into the actual NBA history more is New Orleans is one of my favorite cities in the U.S. I mean, I know you love oh, yeah. New Orleans, Skylar. Like, top one city in the U.S. I love New Orleans. It's the best. The atmosphere, the culture, it's a really fun city. But unfortunately, it is a huge American football city. They love yeah. the New Orleans Saints. They love college football with LSU and the SEC rivalry, uh, college American football. So it's a, it's an incredible city, but it's dominated by American football. And basketball is largely an afterthought there. For sure. For sure. I mean, it's worth noting, like, New Orleans is deep American South, and you're in football country there. It's yep. it's fully football country. And I honestly, like, I have thought of New Orleans as, like, Drew Brees' city for, like, basically my whole life. Like, yeah. he kind of runs that city. Yeah. And you see that in the sponsors. You see that in the TV. That's why their revenue is the lowest in the league. That's why their attendance is really yep. bad. I mean, even their, their arena, they have the Smoothie King arena. I've never heard of Smoothie King in my entire life. And that's you haven't? Arena. No. I've definitely heard South. of Smoothie King. I am not. Okay, but did South. not have heard of Smoothie King. Come on. No one in the UK knows what Smoothie King is, rightly so. That's true. Uh, but they struggle with attendance. You know, there have been relocation efforts actually to try to maybe get them up to Seattle to, you know, bring back the Supersonics because they do have the lowest revenue in the league and they're a very small market team. But that's all going to change with Zion coming in. So let's let's go over the NBA history a little bit. We'll start with the Chris Paul era. Started in 2005. He was the fourth pick overall. And really kind of, you know, if you're moving to a new city and trying to launch a new brand in a new city, getting Chris Paul 
almost, you know, within two years of starting there is an incredible pickup. And he was electric with David West. They made the playoffs. I remember Chris Paul dunking on people in the 2000s, which I can't even imagine now when he's on the Thunder. I don't remember that, to be honest. Chris Paul was dunking on people. It was incredible. (laughs) Skylar, are you a fan of CP3? You know, honestly, not really. He's Fair. he's like he's a divisive. divisive he's yeah. a divisive NBA figure. I don't really have anything against him. I just think he's kind of annoying and whiny. Yeah. And I don't really like love his playing style. It's just like there's just like not it's just not for me. Yeah, that's fair. He's the point guard. I think he's the best point guard that we've had in the last sure. 15 years. Yeah. Uh, especially as kind of the Steve Nash era ended. And I think he's doing a good job as like the president of the players association. Is that what it's called? The yep, players, NBA association. players association. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's a leader in the league, you know, yeah. known to be best friends with LeBron and that whole crew. But yep. he is divisive because he whines a lot. He je- he just constantly is yelling at the refs and the other players. So yeah, uh, he, he gets a bad reputation for that. But the Anthony Davis era is really your era, Skylar. Uh, I think he was drafted yeah. in 2002. Uh, he stayed with the Pelicans in 2000, t- until 2019. So mm-hmm. what are your, you know, what are your brow takes? <laughs> My brow takes. I mean, honestly, when Anthony Davis was coming into the league, you know, we talked about New Orleans being a football city. It was kind of prime New Orleans football city time. Like New Orleans won a Super Bowl in 2009. Anthony Davis is drafted a couple years later. They're still very much in that football mode, but it kind of was exciting to have him coming into this into the league as like this huge player who was so skilled because they really like, it really felt like Anthony Davis was going to like be the catalyst to the Pelicans finally like getting good and being respected in the league and all of that. Um, So it was a really exciting time for the Pelicans, I think. And everyone was super excited about Anthony Davis. I remember Anthony Davis being everywhere those first couple years. I just felt like he was inescapable. I feel like I was seeing the unibrow everywhere. Um, I'm a big fan of the unibrow, honestly. I think it's very funny, and I love that he just keeps it. And, he and I love that it. him and Braun are just, like, palling around. I yep. just love him. Yeah, the uh, great branding move where he had the brow, the unibrow, all through university, and yep. he kept it, and he be- it became his brand. So instead of shaving it, instead of, you know, making, you know succumbing to the, to the people making fun of him, he embraced yeah. it, and now it's become his brand, and it makes him stick out. Yeah. I love it. Work with what you got. Love it. And then 2019. So he leaves for the Lakers. You know, we'll get into that in beefs and everything. Um, but he leaves for the Lakers, tries to get to that bigger market team. And the Pelicans land the number one chance again, even though they only had a 6% chance to win it in 2019. So this is this, this is the Zion lottery. They landed Anthony Davis, who is arguably the best number one overall pick of the past eight years, uh, has a chance to, you know, future MVP potential. And the Pelicans pull it off again right after they lose their best player to the Lakers. Skylar, do you think we just talked about the Kings and the NBA stepping in to, to get the Lakers to the finals? Do you think the NBA had any hand in making sure the Pelicans got the number one pick right after losing Anthony Davis? I feel like I was pushing my luck with the Kings if I would <laughs> ever want to work for the NBA in the future. So no, so it absolutely was not. your chance. Good job, Pelicans. You guys Good are job, lucky. Pelicans. Congrats. Love it. All right. I totally agree with you. Let's not overstep our boundaries here. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, they also, uh, you know, managed to get a pretty good haul for the Anthony Davis trade. So they not yeah. only got the number one pick, but they, when they traded Davis to the Lakers, they got Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, a bunch of first round picks. Uh, so they actually set them up, themselves up really nicely to build out a young core instead of just yep. losing him, you know, like KD went to the Warriors and OKC got nothing back. They actually gave themselves the pieces to really grow a good team, which is pretty incredible after losing one of your best players, or arguably the best player of the last seven years that's, you know, that's drafted number one. Totally. I do want to back up a little bit just to Anthony Davis actually getting traded because I felt like it was like, it was kind of the first time we saw a player publicly demanding trade like that. And he like, he was fine for like, it was the NBA was not cool with it. They were not cool with the way that LeBron was going about trying to get him to come to LA. It was the NBA was really not cool with the whole, the whole way it went down. Yeah. And we can get into that into beefs a little bit more, but not a good situation for demanding to get out of that team, especially when the NBA tries to help out these smaller market teams. And yeah. they really don't like when all the players go to the best teams in the country. Um, they want to make it a little, have a little more parity across the league. So yeah. I, I want to know what you think of my premier league uh, equivalent. Cause I was pretty proud of this one. Uh, so let's, hear it. let's set the stage, give some context to this. The Pelicans small market team, but have some big time potential because of their young core because of Zion um, you know, they are kind of a recent team getting to this kind of top flight, making it to the playoffs. And instead of just kind of, you know, succumbing to it, they actually compete. And it looks like, you know, they have a good shot to make the playoffs here. And they are going to, you know, continue to grow and get better. So I'm saying they are like the Wolves. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a great comparison. I think especially lately, like the past couple of years, there's just a sort of energy around the team. I'm excited for the future. And yeah, they're just strong. I think it's a great comparison. Yeah. Just strong and fierce. I just love those comparisons. Um, yeah. All right. So if you're a Wolves fan, you know, the Pelicans might be for you. Um, let's go into the team itself. So they're 28 and 36 this year. So not a great season. They're, they're 10th in the NBA Western Conference. But they actually. Zion a, was injured for a lot of it. Yep. Unfortunately, Zion got injured, but he came back with a resurgence, almost, you know, convincing people to make him the rookie of the year over Ja, even though Ja had an incredible season. But did incredible coming in fun fact for you here that I wanted to sprinkle in. He made more three pointers in his first game four for four from three than Ben Simmons has made in his entire career. Yeah. I watched that game live cause I was so excited to see the debut of Zion and I, you guys will come to find out I'm not a Ben Simmons fan. And so I thought it was <laughs> hilarious that Zion made more threes in one in his first game. First game. First game, also just coming in off of injury, so thick, just enormous. Like, so I think, I think he came in as like the second heaviest player in all of the NBA. Everyone thought he was going to be yep. this power forward dunker, and he just goes four for four from three. Yeah. I think it's important to back up for a minute and just like provide a little bit of context around New Orleans because New Orleans was potentially the worst place Zion could have landed mm -hmm. just for Zion because he's a thick boy to begin with and there was you know there's some worry with him and New Orleans has genuinely the best food in the country some of the heaviest probably the heaviest drinking in the country yep. it Zion is just pounding just so much Creole food while he's not <laughs> so playing. much gumbo. I know it there's the memes online of like when Zion figures out there's no gumbo in Orlando uh, <laughs> are my favorite. Great context. Yeah. 
people need to know people you can walk around with alcohol in new orleans maybe not the new best orleans is a city. free-for-all yeah it's crazy so let's go over some of the starters for the players um this is the starting lineup which you know changes game to game game to game but uh starting lineup for the pelicans lonzo ball also known as zoe drew holiday the Druth, who puts up 19 a game brandon ingram yep. Also known as Slenderman because he is so skinny, but I heard he put on some weight for the bubble, which is great. He's a leading mm-hmm. scorer. He's got 24 a game. Um, he's part of that Lakers trade that came over along along with Lonzo and Josh Hart. You got Zion, which this is a basketball reference nickname, which they think they make things up for this. But Xanos, Zion <laughs> being Thanos, like which Thanos, like Thanos, but Xanos, which I don't think anyone calls him, but it's a basketball reference one. He's putting up almost 24 a game too. Yeah, insane. Uh, and then Derek Favors. So other than Zion, Skyler, who we obviously love, and he's our thick king now, uh, who is your favorite player on the starting lineup? Um, you know, I will say this is a shocking lineup for me just because just straight off the bat, I know Brandon Ingram and Zion were both born after me. So it's it's getting to the point where it's hard to look at these lineups and see how successful all these people are for being much younger than me. Not much. Yep. Brandon Ingram was born like three months after me, but um, I'm not, I'm not a ball family fan. I'm not a fan of Zoe. Sorry. Um, I do love Brandon Ingram. I think he has a lot of swag. I think he's just, he kind of just like puts his head down and works. And I just, mm. I love him. I think he's super cool. I love Ingram too. I thought he was a great pick and it was a hard situation with the Lakers Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are like, he's kind of the Kevin Durant model where he's incredibly tall. He's got a lot of length, yeah. great shooter, has a lot of moves, but he's just still so skinny and kind of hasn't come over, you know, the, you know, he hasn't really brought his game yet, but this year he really did. People said this was kind of the turning yeah. point for Brandon Ingram to become a star. So I'm excited to see him too. Totally. There's also a lot of like really interesting players for the Pelicans on the bench. Yep. Yep. So they have uh, JJ Redick, Jackson Hayes, who's a who's a pretty exciting young player, Josh Hart, who's a pretty ex- exciting esports player and gamer, uh, mm-hmm. loves loves streaming. And then they have you know Jaleel Okafor. Uh, so who knows what his career is going to turn out to be? Um, but who's your favorite on this uh, depth chart, Skylar? Probably Josh Hart. You know, I just love the the young <laughs> just guys. Just him as a person. Yeah. I mean, who am, am I going to choose? JJ Redick? No. Why not? Just because of who, the Duke years? Who, who is going to choose J.J. Redick? I like J.J. Redick. Okay. He's, I'm, I, I'm honestly, I'm impressed that J.J. Redick is still playing. I'll give him too. that. He takes a, he, he's found a great role in the NBA. He gives me hope, Skylar. He's the 6'4 white guy that can I shoot. I know. I know. That's, that's what I, I want. Knew that, I know that's why you like him, Brian. If it's, I'm going to have a, you know, he's my prototype. If I'm going to play competitive basketball moving forward, I got to find my J.J. Redick role. <laughs> So I'm not going to You got to find a place where you can just be a role player. Yeah, that's exactly what I need to do. Just put me in the corner. Someone else more athletic, drive to the lane, kick it out. Uh, I'll be the JJ Reddit going off screens. Um, Also on this depth chart, I love Jackson Hayes. He is the tallest person I've ever seen. It seems like when he dunks the ball, (laughs) Uh, I think he's out of Texas. Don't fact check me on that, but I think he's, you know, university of Texas guy and him with JJ, uh, you know, so Jackson's the, the younger player. There's a lot of younger players here with, with Zoe and Ingram. And I love mm-hmm. that JJ Redick and kind of Drew Holiday can bring the veteran leadership in there. Cause Drew is, you know, sure. he is a, a professional, one of the best defenders in the league. I love Drew yeah. Holiday. Uh, a little bit underrated, but he's yeah, for sure. playing incredible. And so I love the balance of the young players with a ton of potential 
with some of that mm-hmm. veteran leadership who are, you know, pretty, you know, steady guys uh, that are setting a good, you know, a, a model of what an NBA player should be in the long term for the younger ones. Totally. I really loved watching Zion come up just because he was kind of like the first player that I was like seeing go viral all the time when he was like playing in high school and into college. And it's, you know, it's just kind of this like modern example of what's going to happen with these really young, really talented players when them and their fans and their families and their friends kind of know how to support and push them on social media. It's just kind of, this is, I think, what the NBA will shift to a little bit more. And I'm really excited for that. It's just kind of crazy. Like we're already seeing like Bronny James all the time and he's so young. Like, I think this is what is going to start happening is we're going to start knowing these players like years before they even yeah. get to the league or the ball brothers. Yeah. You know, they're a great yeah. example. And I'm impressed. Zion went viral all the time in high school for dunking yep. and people are like, well, can, is he just a dunker? Uh, you know, can he actually play basketball and then going to Duke for a season, he really showed he can play and he can, he's already showing he can play in the NBA. So it's good yeah. to see that like the viral dunkers can do more and can actually have a complete game of basketball. And for sure. uh, you know, that's why I, you know, some people criticize like the AAU circuit and going viral and just doing things for highlights, but he's shown that it's not just about the highlights. He's an actual, uh, you know, fundamental basketball player who is going to make a big impact. For sure. He kind of took like what the ball family was already doing before him and he just like perfected it. Yeah. And then JJ Redick talked about him on, on the podcast because JJ played for the Sixers last year. So saw Embiid, who's kind of a yeah. similar type of talent. Um, same as, you know, Zion. And he talked about both of them being, you know, big, big guys who need to work on their fitness, need to learn better, you know, health habits and saying if both of them can put it together, they're both going to be MVPs. So I'm excited to see, uh, to see Zion kind of grow and get his potential uh, because he is still so young and already making a big impact in the NBA. Yep. So excited to see him in the bubble. All right, moving on, because we got to get through this. Let's go through owner, coach, management, fans. So this category. So uh, their old owner was pretty awful. Again, George Shin, Hornets owner. They got rid of him. The NBA actually bought the team from him because he was so bad. Um, and if you want to look up some gossip, you can go see him that we do not have to focus on here. But Tom Benson in 2012, uh, who owned the Saints, the New Orleans Saints, so the American football team that's really popular there, he purchased uh, the Pelicans for $338 million. So pretty good deal. It's a small market team, but you know, you see the Clippers go for 2 billion uh, and 338 looks reasonable. They brought in David Griffin, Griff in 2019, who was the uh, Cavs general manager, very well respected in the NBA community. Uh, Again, I worked for Dan Gilbert and that family of companies. So got to see Griff speak a number of times. He is a great GM. And I think putting them, putting him in that position to kind of start the Zion era and start this, you know, the baby Lakers coming over to the Pelicans was a great hire. Do you know David Griffin that well, Skylar? Do you have any history with him? No, not really. Yeah. He such a strong presence, incredible at trades. LeBron was a huge fan of his. So I think it was really, really savvy move from the Pelicans to bring him in with this young core. And then in 2015, they, they brought in Alvin Gentry as the head coach, who's also very well respected. They have stuck with him through thick and thin and I'm glad they kind of have that continuity with him being the head coach with this younger core as well. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, we've roasted some of the owner, coach, management, and fans. But this is actually a really good core. And actually, unfortunately, Tom Benson died. So Gail Benson is now the owner, uh, mm. the, the wife. And people criticize her a little bit because she's, um, you know, the attendance is bad. And the, maybe they focus on the Saints too much. 
but uh, you know, they have a really strong general manager ownership group and team that's kind of backing this new young core. For sure. Yeah. I'm definitely excited to see Elvin Gentry like sticking in new Orleans. He's had like a million coaching jobs in college and um, in the NBA, he was a Pistons coach for a while. Yep. Um, he's bounced around a lot. He hasn't spent a lot of time in any one place. So I am excited to see him kind of grow with this team and be able to like really implement his systems and really see them fully just, play out. Yeah. It just feels mature. It feels like, you know, they have yeah. a young core, but they brought in the veteran leadership on the team and in the front yep. office, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah. Uh, and do you want to reveal who this celebrity fan is, Skylar? It's a pretty exciting one. Lil Wayne? Lil Wayne is the super fan. They don't have that many fans, so having Lil Wayne's great. Lil Wayne is a great fan to have as your celebrity fan, especially yeah. if you're my age, because everyone my age loves Lil Wayne. I love Lil Wayne. And so it's better. Who was, who was the son? Oh, Phil Mickelson. Yeah, Phil Mickelson, Lil Wayne. That's I'm out of here, Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's not that many fans of the Pelicans because it's such a new franchise. You don't have the storied history. I think they have the 24th yep. lowest attendance, lowest revenue in the NBA. So again, with a lot of these teams that we're moving up through the rankings and the standings, an opportunity to join a relatively small ba fan base that can grow over time and you can kind of see through. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, let's go through some of the beefs, Skylar. So we can, we can just kind of go over the surface of these, but um, they had one of the you know, for me, one of the most impactful moves or attempted moves where uh, they wanted to move Chris Paul and mm -hmm. they traded Chris Paul to the Lakers. All right. So this is mm -hmm. a huge move. I think this was in 2011. Chris Paul to the Lakers. They were going to have Chris Paul. They were going to have Dwight Howard. They were going to have uh, Kobe Bryant. And it was going to be this super team. And David Stern vetoed the trade. So everyone thought the Lakers were going to get him uh, and they didn't. And instead they had to do a deal with the Clippers. So what, what were your reactions from this Skylar? I mean, honestly, like thinking back on it, I just think about like this happening now and I just can't imagine this happening now. Like if this trade were to come across the table today, I just can't really imagine Adam Silver. I mean, obviously we're in player empowerment era and like this is a different time, but I just cannot imagine Adam Silver vetoing this trade today. Can you? No. I mean, he didn't veto KD to the Warriors. So how yeah. is he going to do this? I think this, yeah. the, the blowback from this where the Lakers were trying to build a super team of Dwight Howard and Chris Paul and Kobe, uh, they would allow that now. And they let the players yeah. have a little more power. This, uh, this was shocking to me. Cause I grew up in LA and the Lakers were so hyped. All my friends from, you know, Southern California were so excited to get the point God with Kobe and <laughs> they just shut it down. Yeah. So it's really he, sad. I would have loved to have seen what would have yeah, happened after this been. trade. Instead, it would have changed the NBA forever. Yeah. Instead we got, you know, a, a Clippers team lob city that never really hit their potential and kind of fizzled out. Yep. Which is too bad. Um, yeah. So do you want to go into, so I guess that beef is, the Pelicans with David Stern, uh, the late David Stern, the late great David Stern in the NBA, but not really a beef, but still a shocking, Hey, we want to, we want to make this move and it being completely shut down. So you mentioned a little bit earlier, Skylar, uh, you know, Anthony Davis got in trouble a little bit for demanding trades. Do you want to go over this beef a little bit? Sure. So I think we kind of 
we were getting to a point where we all kind of knew Anthony Davis was not really happy in New Orleans. He was kind of looking for his next move. Um, LeBron, it was was making it very obvious that he wanted to team up with Anthony Davis. So in January 2019, Anthony Davis publicly demands a trade from the New Orleans Pelicans. Mid-season. Which <laughs> is not a great move and not one that is accepted because he was fined for publicly announcing this. Mm-hmm. And then what did LeBron got fined for? I forget what the word they used is, but it was like, yeah, they're co- all... it was like coercion yeah, not, of not... him trying to get Anthony Davis to come to the Lakers. Yeah. There, there's been a lot of NBA talk about the players recruiting each other's players. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely, which honestly, I don't, I don't get it. Do you get like, I think players want to play with the players they want to play with. And honestly, I don't see why they shouldn't be allowed to pursue well, the do. players that they want to play with. They certainly, you know, the, the front offices aren't allowed to, it's called tampering. They're not allowed to tamper and yeah. you know, influence tampering. players, but while they're under contract of other teams, but players are allowed to. So that has been happening for a while. And in the new social media era and these, these, you know, these guys know each other a lot better. They're yeah, texting they're each all other friends. all the time. They're all friends. They're all texting. They're all each hanging other. out in LA every summer. Yeah. So that's a big beef. Uh, NBA against Anthony Davis trying to get out of a small market team. And then here's yeah. one. This may not be a beef because the Pelicans get a lot of assets from the Lakers, but they tried to get Chris Ball at the Lakers, didn't work, went to the Clippers. Anthony Davis left them to go to LA. If Zion goes, is there going to be, be a beef between LA and New Orleans where New Orleans is getting all this young talent. They develop them up and then they send them to the Lakers uh, to actually have a shot at winning the title. I mean, if I'm New Orleans, I'm going to be pretty pissed if Zion leaves for the Lakers. But they get the they got an incredible haul for Anthony Davis. So that's why it may not be a beef. But if it's three times in a row where they lose their best player to LA, uh, that would, you know, that would really piss me off as a New Orleans fan. Yeah, especially because it's not really like working out for the pelicans it's not like they're like training them up they're getting a championship with them and then they're leaving it's they're leaving to go to la to get their championships yeah um all right let's move right along to fun facts pierre the pelican is the official mascot as i said pierre Pierre, because you know the french French in in new orleans uh they it's a kind of a terrifying mascot but uh they have the pelican so so far we've had gorillas coyotes now we have a pelican so if you love Pelicans for whatever reason, uh, Pierre is your, is your mascot. So Skylar, do you want to go over uh, this pretty insane event where the team actually relocated to Oklahoma City for a season uh, when Hurricane Katrina hit? Yeah, so Hurricane Katrina hit in um, like fall 2005. Um, Katrina was devastating to New Orleans. It was really sad a lot of people died a lot of people lost their homes it was the city was destroyed for a while it was really sad and you know we we could have done more for new orleans but um it basically made it so that the hornets at the time and i think the saints couldn't play either but they basically they couldn't play in their cities because everything was just destroyed in southeastern louisiana so they the hornets at the time Temporary, temporarily relocated their base operations to Oklahoma City um, for the 2005-2006 and 2006-2007 season 
while they were, you know, cleaning up the city and repairing the stadium and everything like that. And a lot of people say their move to Oklahoma City, this is before the Thunder uh, you know, became an NBA team, set yep. up the move from the Supersonics to Oklahoma City and basically showed that Oklahoma City was a viable city to have an NBA team. So yeah. as us uh, you know, looking at the history of the NBA, maybe if they didn't relocate to Oklahoma City, the Supersonics would still be in Seattle. So sad yeah. chapter there as well. So let's finish this off, Skylar, with their likelihood to make the playoffs and finals. So... Skylar, they have a 46% chance to make the playoffs. This team has a shot. It's, good. it's so much better than all the teams we've talked about so far. I know. You, if you root for this team, they, you may actually be able to see them losing the first round. Very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like we talk about teams that will like kind of thrive under bubble conditions. Like I bet this team like with – veteran leadership that can kind of like help the young guys keep their heads on straight while in the bubble, but also like having those young guys who will kind of be able to like slip into that kind of like street ball pickup playing style. Yep. I think it's going to be, they are going to do great in the bubble. Yeah. I'm excited to see them too. Uh, they have a less than a 1% chance to win the final. So not a, a great likelihood chance there, but will be fun to see at least make a run for the playoffs, try really hard to get into the playoffs and then go through yep. that first round. Yeah. Can't so, wait to see the Zion. Can't wait. So Skylar, last, last parting shot for uh, why someone should be a fan of the Pelicans this year. You know, I think if there's like ever a time to become a Pelicans fan, it's right now. I think if there's, if you're looking for a team right now, I would be seriously considering the Pelicans because mm -hmm. I think they're like the best of the Pelicans is definitely ahead of them. And I think it's ahead of them in the next, you know, 10 years as long as Zion stays yep. um you know there's there's like this team has moved around uh between cities and there's you know potential for that to happen again with how low their revenue is and how many like tickets they're selling yep. but if you're in the UK and you're not really bound by cities then that may not really bother you and so just kind of sticking with this really exciting young core really good leadership you know I think it's I can't lose situation. Agreed. And let's end there. You said it's, you said it amazing. Uh, young, exciting core with a lot of future potential new team. So time to get on the bandwagon. Let's go Zion. Go Zion. All right. Thanks Skylar. See you tomorrow. See ya.